Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Three, two, one. But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreit oh, is on the phone. Episode six. Here we podcast presented by Betfred Sportsbook. It is Friday. December 23rd, 2022. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I hope everybody is ready for one final pre-Christmas episode of the Aaron Torres pod. That is right. The holidays are here. Before I even get into today's show, let me say this. Thank you, guys and girls. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you do that allows me to do this show. I appreciate your support. I cannot thank you enough. And we got a quick fun Friday episode to get you into the weekend to get you into the holiday. Here's what you need to know. We're going to open national signing day was obviously Wednesday. We're going to open with those Alabama Crimson Tide, baby. Nick Saban, 71 years old. He ain't slowing down a historic national signing day for Alabama. From there, we'll hit on some of the winners and losers of national signing day. Thought it was a great day for Auburn. Thought it was a great day for Colorado, Oregon. Not such a good day for Notre Dame. Certainly not such a good day for my boy Ryan Day, who can do no right. We will discuss that. Take a quick break. Aaron right, Aaron wrong, and we will get out of here. Quick show, fun show. Again, cannot thank you enough for your support of the Aaron Torres Pod. Before we get started, I do want to thank our presenting sponsors, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. One, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see right behind me. You see that right there? New banners in the Torres Studios. That is right. Bedford Sportsbook. Here's what you need to know about Bedford, okay? Started in 1967 in the UK. One of the most reputable sportsbooks overseas has come to the United States. And they're not only the presenting sponsor of Aaron Torres Media, but also the Denver Broncos, the Colorado Rockies, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And here's why that last one is important. Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati in Ohio. January 1, 2023, literally a week from today. Well, eight days from today. Legal sports betting comes to the state of Ohio. And Bedfred is throwing the bash of the century. The It's going to be insane, okay? This is what you need to know. Foaling Warehouse in Cincinnati. I know we have a lot of listeners in Northern Kentucky, in Cincinnati, in the surrounding areas in Ohio. All you got to do, 
click the link in the show description. You can DM me to get on the list. But the bottom line, Folding Warehouse Cincinnati is going to be off the charts. They're going to have all-day betting contests to determine who the best better in the state of Ohio is. On top of that, I'll be there. On top of that, Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz is going to come hang out. And, oh, they're giving away 50 tickets to the Monday night game. So New Year's Day, Ohio legal sports betting, January 1 is a Sunday. We're going to watch football. And then Monday night is Bills at Bengals. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. You come there, you're automatically entered to win. They're giving away 50 tickets, 5-0, not 1-5, 5-0. 50 free tickets to the Bengals-Bills game, Monday night football. All you got to do, again, DM me or click the link in the show description. You're automatically in. You're entered. If you have any problems, you tell them you know Torres. They ain't going to give you no problems. But Foling Warehouse, January 1, 2023. It is the place to be, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati. Come on up. Come on down. Come hang with Torres. I'll probably be doing a live show there as well. Thank you for your support. Come hang out with Betfred. They are throwing a bash to celebrate sports betting coming to Ohio. Quickly as well, I do want to thank Bracket Fanatics and BracketFanatics.com. By now, you know their story. Been working with Bracket Fanatics for years. They have been the host of the Aaron Torres uh, 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 March Madness Challenge. This year, NFL Pick'em every single week. We are coming down to the wire, but it is not too late to enter if you have not yet. All you got to do is go to BracketFanatics.com, click Join Bracket, Bracket Name is Torres, and enter there. Automatically to automatically enter to win a $1,000 season-long cash prize. We are doing week-by-week week winners. Every weekly winner gets a $100 cash prize. The most number of correct picks over the course of the season, you get a $1,000 season-long cash prize as well. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention the week 15 winner, CDB Picks. CDB Picks won week 15 with a bunch of correct picks. Credit to CBD, CDB Picks. Great week for that account. Now, make sure you get your week 16 picks in. Obviously, it started on Thursday night with Jacksonville and New York. But BracketFanatics.com, join Bracket, Bracket named Torres. Tell them Torres sent you thousand dollar season long cash prize hundred dollar weekly winners again congrats to cdb picks on last week's win but with that said let's get to the topic of the day and the topic of the day you guys and girls don't need me to tell you it's national signing day and listen we'll do next week i think we'll get back on track we'll probably do like a mid-season college hoops thing we're basically at conference play as crazy as it sounds in college hoops We'll obviously start to look at the college football playoff, which gets played next Saturday, December 31st. But over the last couple of days, the big story in college sports, specifically college football, has been National Signing Day. Did a little bit of a preview on Wednesday, and so I would be remiss if we didn't do kind of the recap overview here on the Friday Aaron Torres pod going into the holiday week, okay? So we're going to get into all of the winners and losers and storylines and who flipped here and what kid went there and what it all means in the bigger picture. But there is one school that we absolutely have to talk about to lead this because they just put on a recruiting clinic for the ages, okay? And you're probably not going to be surprised to hear who it is. But over this recruiting cycle and really over the last 48 or so hours, really Tuesday afternoon to Thursday afternoon, Nick Saban 
and Alabama had as good of a run as any school that I can ever remember. And so I know Alabama has had great classes before. And I know it's easy to always credit Nick Saban for everything. But I truly believe that Nick Saban from about Tuesday midday to Thursday midday had as good a run as anybody in recent memory, putting a cap on one of the great classes that we have seen in recent memory. And so, first of all, as a, as a little bit of a backdrop, even going into this week, what's crazy is Nick Saban in Alabama had the number one recruiting class coming into the week, okay? Number one safety in America, Caleb Downs was committed forever. Uh, Keon Keeley, a defensive end from, uh, you know, from Tampa, who was originally committed to Notre Dame. He's been committed to Alabama for a few weeks now. And so if Alabama had done nothing over the last couple weeks, or last couple days, excuse me, they still would have the number one class in the country, and I don't think anybody could have even conceivably caught them. And so had Nick Saban done nothing, kicked his feet up, had a cold glass or whatever, and relaxed, Alabama would have had the number one class in the country. But you know Nick Saban. You know he's mad. He's always mad about something. He's coming off a disappointing season, and he went on a warpath specifically the last two days. So first off, Tuesday afternoon, Caden Proctor, number two offensive tackle in all of high school football, from the state of Iowa, had committed to Iowa over Alabama back in June. Well, Nick Saban wasn't having that, okay? Over the last couple of weeks, we really started to see that Caden Proctor was maybe willing to open his recruitment. When Deion Sanders got the job at Colorado, he offered him. Caden uh, uh, Proctor had Dan Lanning, the Oregon head coach, into his, into his home. But what was interesting was this past weekend, just a few days ago, Caden Proctor actually made a visit to Alabama while still being committed to Iowa. Why does that matter? It's because it was a dead period in recruiting, which means that he couldn't meet with the coaching staffs. He couldn't really do much of anything. And it was an unofficial visit that he paid for out of his own pocket. So when a kid is committed somewhere else, and you feel bad for Iowa fans, but this is just the world that we live in, committed somewhere else, goes to Alabama on his own dime, you know that's a good thing. And on Tuesday, he officially flipped from Alabama, from Iowa to Alabama, the number two offensive tackle in this class. And I got to believe, based on how that offensive line has played the last couple of years, Caden Proctor could be playing for Alabama very soon. But oh, our buddy Nick Saban wasn't done because on Wednesday, there were a pair of defensive linemen from the state of Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama specifically, high school teammates James Smith and Quay Russo. Okay, we talked about them a little bit on Wednesday's show. But they, it seemed as though everything was trending towards Alabama. Hugh Freeze, who we'll talk about in a minute, made a late push. But at the end of the day, they both also commit to Alabama. So just on Tuesday, just on Wednesday, Nick Saban gets three five-star commitments. And to be clear, there were only three other schools total, three other schools total that got three five-star commitments. Nick Saban got three in the final 48 hours of signing day. Here's the crazy part. Thursday, there was one five-star remaining. It was a kid named Desmond Ricks, cornerback, who was actually a member of the class of 2024, decides to reclassify and enroll in college next year. He makes that announcement a few weeks ago, and it is a foregone conclusion he's going to LSU. Don't even need to bother showing up. Don't even need to be in front of the computer when he commits because this kid's going to LSU. It's a done deal. It's been a done deal forever. Oh, but here's the thing. On Thursday morning, after signing day, he has not. He was planning on committing on Thursday. But you kind of start to hear some rumors that maybe Alabama could be in the mix. And Nick Saban kind of said on his signing day press conference, we might not be done yet. Well, on Thursday, Desmond Ricks, 
cornerback commits to not LSU, but Alabama. And so that should be the finishing touches of Alabama's recruiting class. But here's what you need to know. In the last 48 hours, between Tuesday afternoon and Thursday afternoon, Alabama got four five-star commits. There is There are 130, let me put it this way. There are 131 teams that play Division I FBS football. One of them outside of Alabama had four five-stars in the entire cycle. Alabama has four in the final 72 hour, 48 to 72 hours of the recruiting cycle. On top of that, they have seven overall five-stars, by far the most. There are only 35 total five-stars in the class. Alabama got seven of them. One out of every five players commits. And how about this? 15 of the top 100 players in all of high school football have committed to Alabama. And so what I want to say in the big picture, I'm not a recruiting guy. I'm not a historian of recruiting. But this is one of the great recruiting classes in the history of the recruiting rankings in in, in football, right? Again, the number one safety, top edge rusher, number two offensive tackle, number two interior defensive lineman, number four and number three interior defensive lineman. And then on top of that, you get an elite cover corner in Justice Ricks, Desmond Ricks, excuse me, Justice Haynes, by the way, a five-star running back who is a Georgia legacy also commits to Alabama. So one, just on paper, a couple things. One, just on paper, this is one of Alabama's great recruiting classes ever. Credit Nick Saban, this and that. But credit Nick Saban, especially in this season, this year, this moment in time for pulling this off. couple things stand out. One, remember, it was May that he was talking about and worried about NIL and the impact that it was going to have on college football. We remember the dust up with Jimbo Fisher, but remember all of the pushback by Nick Saban's comments. Now, I didn't have I didn't like how Nick Saban called out Jimbo Fisher individually. But I saw a lot of people, oh, Nick Saban's mad. He's not going to get all the best players. I said, no, 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 that's not what this is about. He just doesn't want it to become a pay-for-play thing because he is worried about the present and future of college football. He actually cares about the kids, their futures. their life. He cares about a lot of things, and it's not just whether he has access to the best players or not. So I bring it up because think about the circumstances that Nick Saban was going against. This NIL world where we know, and I don't believe Alabama is one of these schools, I believe Alabama, I'm sure all their players are getting something for NIL. But I believe that Nick Saban is still selling that old school NFL over NIL. You come here, you compete, you will compete for championships, you will get better every day by playing against elite players at practice, and there is no better way to get ready for the NFL where the real money is than Alabama. So one, in the NIL world, Nick Saban is still getting the best classes. So for people who said, oh, he's just worried he's not going to get the best players, well, that's nonsense. But two, a couple other factors. The product on the field wasn't this good. This wasn't that good this year. And we all know the facts, and we all know the bottom line, and we all understand that 10-2 and two isn't acceptable at Alabama. So one, you have NIL. Two, you have a bad product on the field where you go 10-2 and two easily, as we've discussed many times, could have lost to Texas, could have lost to Ole Miss, Won the final one Texas A&M at home on the final play of the game. And three, and I think this is important. Nick Saban is 71 years old right now. So one, to just go out and have the energy to do what he did to close the kids that he closed on is incredible. But two, you got to understand he's recruiting a lot of these kids. If they stay four years, he's going to be 75 by the time they graduate. And so if you don't think other schools are using that against him in recruiting, 
Nick Saban ain't going to be there when you get finish your college. Nick Saban ain't going to be there. He's not going to be there four years from now. If you don't think that Nick Saban dealt with negative recruiting in a way that he probably never has before for all of those factors, and he still closed out this class, that's why I believe it is one of the best classes that he has ever pulled off. And let me finally say this about Nick Saban. As I said a minute ago, Nick Saban talked about in May about NIL and where he didn't like where college football was going, where you just pay for the best players. And as I said a minute ago, I don't believe that NIL is the sole reason that most of these players, if any of them, are choosing Alabama. But why I bring it up is because when Nick Saban said all that, he got criticized and he got crushed and you don't care. You're just worried because you're not going to get the best players anymore. You're not going to have a monopoly. And so what I would say, and I've told you this before, understand one thing, that when Nick Saban tells you something is not for the best of college football, that it's going to hurt college football, he is saying that from a place of love, of concern, of care. He is a guy that cares about the present and future of college football long after he's gone. So when he says it's not for the health of college football, listen to him. But here's the other thing. Eventually, he's going to say it, but then once he acknowledges that this is how it's going to be, he is going to figure out the way to be the best at it, okay? Remember, offense, about 10 years ago, he said, I don't like where this is going. Too much speed, too many plays, guys are going to get hurt. NCAA didn't care. Rules didn't get changed. What did Nick Saban do? Went out and hired Lane Kiffin. Went out and hired Steve Sarkeesian. Went out and hired Brian Dable, Mike Loxley. And now he has one of the most explosive offenses in college football. So, yeah. He was warning you, and then he took advantage of it, and then he became the best at it. The transfer portal. He said, I don't really like where this is going. I don't like that players are going to come and go. And then what happened? Went out and got Jamison Williams, first-round pick. Jameer Gibbs, who's going to be a first-round pick this year. Jermaine Burton, who could probably be a first-round pick next year. Henry Toto, who was all SEC this year. Didn't like the transfer portal. Then he got really good at it. And so if NIL is the future, if this is where the sport is going, just understand, just be warned. Nick Saban's going to evolve and adapt. He might not like it. It might not be what he wants to do, but he is going to make sure that Alabama doesn't get left behind. So congratulations to Alabama fan, Alabama fans. Not only a num- another number one class, but I think this might be the most impressive because, again, coming off a disappointing season, Saban 71, a lot of negativity. I would add this. I think a lot of that coaching staff isn't going to be in place a month from now. And so for Saban to get this done, I think was one of the best things, one of the best classes that he's ever had. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get to some of the other winners and losers from National Signing Day outside of Alabama. Alabama was clearly the big winner. Uh, but but I want to hit on a few other schools, a few other news and notes. Uh, and before I get into it, let me just say this, right? If I don't mention your school, it doesn't mean that your school either wasn't awesome, good, bad, whatever, because a lot of most of recruiting was basically done well before signing day, right? Like Georgia basically got a commitment from one kid. But other than that, they still have the number two class in the country. They, they've had their class mostly locked up since the summer. So if I don't hit on your school, it doesn't mean your school hasn't been doing well. But I want to focus on, on five schools, three of which I believe were big winners coming out of uh, Wednesday, two of which were definitely big losers. So let's start with the winners. Positive vibes, glasses half full. And I would argue, and I did a whole segment on this on YouTube, which you can check out if you want some more in-depth stuff. I would argue that the single biggest winner outside of Alabama was actually their cross-state rivals, Auburn, and friend of the Aaron Torres pod, Hugh Freeze. And I'm not just saying it because he's been on this podcast before, but here's the bottom line with Auburn. When you look at Auburn, because if you look at the recruiting rankings, not a lot of people are going to talk about it. They're ranked 16th in uh, on three. They're ranked 20th in 24-7 sports. And so I get if you're an Alabama fan, if you're a Georgia fan, if you're an LSU fan, you're sitting there saying the 20th ranked recruiting class isn't going to beat us next year. Why, why would I care, Torres? But the bottom line remains that it's not always about where you finish, but really, how did you get there? And I think we got to give Hugh Freeze a ton of credit because the hole that he was left by Brian Harson was absolutely incredible. Okay, did you know that when Hugh Freeze was hired, Auburn was ranked in the 60s nationally in recruiting the 60s you basically have to not even try to recruit to be ranked in the 60s if you are Auburn and I'm not even kidding when I say that I was watching a lot of the signing day coverage on 24 7 sports who I thought did a good job a couple other places and their analysts you wouldn't believe how many times I heard yeah recruiting wasn't a priority for the previous staff like like that was words that came out of a recruiting analyst's mouth and I'll just say this, I said it on the extended Auburn video on YouTube. To say that a staff didn't prioritize recruiting, that's like saying that a, that you're in a marriage or you're in a relationship that doesn't prioritize communication, that doesn't prioritize spending time together, that doesn't prioritize talking through your problems. That's like the basis of being married or being in a relationship, and the basis of having a good football program is recruiting, and Auburn was basically punting under Brian Harson. So for Auburn to go from the 60s to now up to 16 and on three, I think it is an incredible testament to the work that Hugh Freeze has done since he's gotten to Auburn. A couple highlights. Uh, they did flip a four-star defensive lineman, Keldrick Falk, excuse me, from Florida State, a four-star defensive back, Kalen Lee from Ohio State, and we're going to talk about Ohio State. Last week, a four-star DB, Sylvester Smith from Tennessee, and a four-star center, Connor Liu from Miami. So when if you just take that, they flipped players from Miami, Florida State, Tennessee, and Ohio State in the last week. Credit to Hugh Freeze. He's not going to get a parade for finishing in 16th, and nobody in the SEC is going to fear Auburn because of it. But him, his staff, and I want to give credit to the staff too, Cadillac Williams, et cetera, did a very good job. Another big winner 
uh, who I would argue is a little bit less of a winner uh, after Thursday. That is Oregon and their new head coach, Dan Lanning. Okay, so first full cycle, he comes from Georgia. And to their credit, they crushed it in the lead up to National Signing Day. They did lose five-star quarterback Dante Moore, immediately flipped a quarterback, Austin Novostad, who was committed to Baylor. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. And then in a span of about 10 minutes, they got two five-stars on Wednesday. Mateo Uyangalale, the brother of DJ, is a defensive end. Also, on top of that, Peyton Bowen, a safety five-star, committed to Oregon as well. Now, we can't give Oregon full credit for this because on Thursday, Peyton Bowen actually flipped from Oregon to Oklahoma. So this kid came into signing day, and I'm not going to get into who, what, when, where, why, why he did it, all that. Came into signing day, committed to Notre Dame, flips to Oregon on National Signing Day, and then a day later ends up with Oklahoma. So Oregon, though, I still think was a winner overall. You get Mateo, five-star defensive end. You get, on top of it, Austin Novastad, the quarterback that you need. Credit to Dan Lanning. I think that program is in really good shape as they go into the new iteration of the Pac-12 uh, without USC and UCLA a year from now. Finally, speaking of the new Pac-12, I'll just say it. Deion Sanders ain't going nowhere. Okay, Coach Prime, now they didn't have a major signing day itself, but I think most of you have seen by now, Cormani McClain, the number one cornerback in the country, was committed to Miami, did not sign his paperwork, and by the end of the day, there were reports that he is in fact going to commit to Colorado and that Deion Sanders is working his magic again. This sounds a lot like Travis Hunter a year ago, number one corner in last year's class, commits to Jackson State. Well, on Wednesday, we find out Travis Hunter is, in fact, following Deion Sanders to Colorado. Now there's a chance, as I record, that they get the number one corner in this year's class as well to come to Colorado. Nothing is official as I record. Deion Sanders, to me, is a big winner. Big losers. Let's get into them really quick. Uh, Two really jump to mind. One, is Ohio State. And Ohio State, listen, again, it's relative, right? I think Auburn's a winner as the number 16 recruiting class in the country. If Alabama had the number 16 class in the country, people would be jumping off. uh, They'd be doing, they'd be harming themselves. They would be so unhappy. And so Ohio State finishes with the number six class in the country. And if you think about it in that regard, it's incredible. It's great. It's whatever. But there's a lot of frustration around Ohio State right now. One, Kalen Lee, as I said, the defensive back, he flips from Ohio State to Auburn. They had another kid flip earlier in the day. Um, And this is on top of all of the other stuff that has happened at Ohio State over the last couple weeks. We talked about Dylan Rayola, number one player in the class of 2024. He decommitted and now looks like he's trending towards Nebraska. Oh, you're coming off a second straight loss to Michigan. Here's the thing about Ryan Day, though. And this is where I'd be concerned if I was a Buckeyes fan. Did you hear what he said at his signing day press conference? He said something about, I remember the days when people used to, other schools would not recruit committed players, and I don't like where this whole thing is going. Well, for those of you who are college football historians, you remember where flipping, where where recruiting players who were already committed, where that started in the Big Ten, right? Ryan Day's old boss, Urban Meyer. If you remember, when Urban Meyer got to the Big 12, Big 10 in 2012, there was what they called a gentleman's agreement that coaches in the Big 10 would not recruit kids that were committed to another school. So if you're committed to Ohio State verbally, 
Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa are not going to call that kid. Urban Meyer comes in and says, yeah, I don't really care about your unwritten rules. I'm going after everybody. And if I remember correctly, in his first recruiting class, he flipped a kid from Penn State. He flipped a kid from Michigan State. And everybody freaked out and whatever. So how ironic is it that a couple years later, about a decade later, it comes full circle. The guy who replaced Urban Meyer is getting his butt kicked on recruiting, losing kids. And now he's the one complaining. Listen, Ohio State fans don't want to hear it. I think this is the latest proof. I don't know if Ryan Day is built for this big boy college football stuff. Now we'll see. We got a college football playoff coming up. He wins against Georgia. It's all forgotten. I don't feel good. Also, by the way, they were a finalist for Mateo, who ends up at Oregon. They were a finalist for Damon Wilson, who committed to Georgia. Just a bad day overall for Ohio State. Finally, I'd say it's a bad day overall for Notre Dame. Because think about Notre Dame. Remember, when Brian Kelly left, why did they keep Marcus Freeman in place? They believed that there was another level that Notre Dame could get to. And so they were willing to sacrifice in the short term to say, we have a guy that we believe that can recruit at an elite level to get the guys that we need to win at the highest level to have success. That was Marcus Freeman. That was why he was retained. Well, over the last probably two months, they've lost their two best recruits in this class. Keon Keeley, defensive end, five-star, was committed to Notre Dame. He decommitted about probably six, uh, committed a, decommitted a while ago, probably about two, three months ago, and then committed to Alabama. And then, as I said, Peyton Bowen, the five-star safety, decommits, ends up, first committing to Oregon, and then Oklahoma. So if I'm a Notre Dame fan, I'm a little bit worried, right? Because Marcus Freeman was brought in to maintain what you have and build off of it with an elite recruiting class. They finished with the number eight class overall. That's by no means bad. But at the same time, you look at the last full class that Brian Kelly signed. It was number nine in the country in 2021. The year before in 2020, they also had a top 15 recruiting class as well. And so if you're Marcus Freeman, you went eight and four. People were willing to take a, a step back on the field if it meant ramping up in recruiting. That did not happen, at least not in this cycle. All right, this is what I want to do. I do want to take a quick break. I do want to come back, and I do want to wrap the week, wrap the show with America's favorite podcast segment, Aaron Right, Aaron Wrong. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. Final segment of the week. Final segment before Christmas. So good to be back. And I do want to wrap, as we do with every Friday episode, 
where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. By now, you know the drill. Stole this from my buddy Colin Cowherd. Colin does where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong every week. And I decided to bring it to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast for one very simple reason. It is because nobody loves giving out strong sports takes more than your boy Torres. And when I get stuff right, I sure do love telling you. Torres said this. Torres said that. Should have listened to Torres. Why didn't you listen to Torres? Blah, 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 blah. I never really shut up. Just one problem. I get a lot of stuff wrong too, and I got to own it. So that is why every Friday we do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. And as a holiday gift to you, here is the deal. It is right before Christmas, of course. And of course, Hanukkah is going on as well. Don't want to forget that. But as my holiday gift to you, I'm going to give you the year long, the year end edition of Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong, giving you my best and worst sports takes of 2022. Yes, we'll probably do this again next week. But I figured just in case, just in case there's no Friday episode into the new year or we're previewing college football playoff games, whatever, now feels like the right time to do the season-ending edition, the 2022 ending edition of where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. So let's get into it. Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong, best and worst sports takes of 2022. Here we go. Where Aaron was right. Hey, I don't know. Did you see my college football playoff pick for last season in terms of the national championship? Oh, that's right. I picked Georgia to win the national championship. But here's the thing. I wasn't done. You thought I was done when I picked Georgia to win it all. But then a funny thing happened. I picked Kansas in the preseason to win the national championship. And oh, they went ahead and won it as well. Making me probably the only person in the media that actually put out the preseason college football national championship pick and the preseason college basketball pick. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say I didn't get a little luckier along the way. Obviously, Georgia had that weird road through the college football playoff where they lose to Alabama in the SEC title game get back into the playoff anyway and beat Bama in the long run. And obviously with Kansas did not see it coming when they entered the tournament. But the bottom line is this. There's only one person in America who can sit here and say, they told you in the fall of 2021, really the summer of 2021, how it was going to go down in January of 2022. And then how it was going to go down again in April of 2022. That is right. I gave you the college football national championship pick last January. I gave you the college basketball national championship pick in April. Nobody does it quite like your boy Torres. Where Aaron was wrong. Here's the problem. Nailed the 2022 national championship picks. Not really looking so good for 2023. In football, I think it's probably pretty safe to assume that Alabama is not going to win the national championship this year, mainly because, well, they're not in the playoff. Bottom line, I got this one dead wrong, okay? I thought this was going to be one of the all-time Alabama teams. And as we discussed throughout the season, it just never clicked for this specific group of Bama players. Not only do they go 10-2 and in the regular season, lose at Tennessee, lose at LSU, but as we've discussed many a time, they also easily could have lost to Texas, easily could have lost to A&M at home, easily could have lost at Ole Miss. So this was a good Alabama team, but this was far from the vintage Alabama team that I picked to win the national championship. And on the basketball side, I haven't given up hope for my North Carolina Tar Heels yet, but it is clear that part of what happened last March and last April when they made a run to the title game may have been a little bit of fool's gold. They did lose four in a row at one point, have bounced back nicely with wins over Ohio State and Michigan in basketball in back-to-back games. With that said, I'm not holding out hope that North Carolina does me very well. Where Aaron was right, 
All right, so this was one of my great preseason college football picks coming into this year. I told you in August, I I did a, a show where I did like 10 storylines that could happen or something like that. And one thing I told you, I said, watch out. This is on no one's radar right now. But what happens if Ohio State loses to Michigan in back-to-back years? Nobody is going to fire Ryan Day. Nobody is going to say Ryan Day should be fired. But I think a lot of people will ask tough questions if he is really the guy. Well, what happened to Ryan Day in the last month? Loses to Michigan for the second straight time. And then, as we've discussed this week, loses the top quarterback commitment in the class of 2024. And on National Signing Day, he's whining about other coaching staffs tamper with his team. And so, listen, yes, Ohio State is in the college football playoff. And yes, if they beat Georgia and if they beat Michigan, they'll probably play Michigan in the title game. This will all be forgotten. But as I always tell you, the show is today. And right now, today, I'm just telling you, I don't know if Ryan Day is cut out for big boy college football. We just discussed it in the last segment, but I told you in the fall, I said, this is something nobody's talking about. Everybody expects Ohio State to bounce back. But what happens if it just doesn't happen? And that's exactly what happened. Ohio State goes 11 and one. But the one game they had to have at home in perfect weather conditions, they get smacked by Michigan. And I think people more than ever are questioning if Ryan Day really is the right guy for the job. Where Aaron was wrong. The other side of that Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, listen, I said it and I have owned this one all college football season long. Last February, if you remember, it was literally like a day or two after Michigan lost in the college football playoff last year that the rumors start to circulate that Jim Harbaugh may be in line to get an NFL head coaching job, doesn't work out with the Bears, doesn't work out with the Raiders. And then in February, all of a sudden this stuff starts to ramp up with the Minnesota Vikings. He goes, he interviews for the Vikings job on signing day in February. Nobody can hear from him. Nobody can get a hold of him. And I said at the time, listen, I'm just telling you, the bottom line is I don't know how he regains trust back in that locker room from his coaching staff and his players. Well, I think it's safe to say I was pretty wrong. Michigan is not only 12-0, and 0, but I would argue this is the best, most complete version of Harbaugh's Michigan that we've seen. They are great on defense. They run the ball like the old days, and they have a quarterback that can make plays with his arm and his leg. We will do the preview of the college football playoff next week, but I think most of us really believe that Michigan is probably in very good position to beat TCU and play the winner of Georgia and Ohio State for a national championship can you believe that? Your boy was dead wrong. Where Aaron was right. Let's go to the NFL. And I'll say this. This was one. What is that? That's me. That's me. I picked up a scent. I picked up a scent. I, I, I noticed something in week one of the NFL season. I said, I just don't think something is right with Tom Brady. Now, remember, in the offseason, it's weird, right? He 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 retires, he unretires, he shows up for camp, he leaves camp. Nobody can really get a straight answer. But once he comes back to camp, I told you in week one, I said something just is not right. And even before he officially got divorced, I said, I don't think he really wants to be there. His family life is falling apart. Um, you know, it, it, you know, the guy, and I think the important part that I hit on before a lot of other people. The guys that he went to Tampa with to prove a point. Remember, he leaves New England because New England doesn't think he's good enough anymore. So he goes to Tampa with Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski to play for Bruce Arians and prove a point. 
Then you look up, all of a sudden he gives up his family, pushes his family aside to keep playing, and he looks around and Gronk is gone. A.B., for whatever you think of him as the dude off the field, was clearly somebody Brady trusted on the field. He's gone. You're playing for a defensive head coach and Todd Bowles, and we are seeing the trickle-down effect right now as Tampa is 6-8 and eight overall going into this weekend. Now, look, they will probably win the division. They will probably make the playoffs, but it does not change the fact that something has been not been right all year. It's clear Brady is over being in Tampa. I think he's probably over being an NFL quarterback. I Listen, this guy, it's clear he wants to play forever. There's already rumors. Could he go to San Francisco? Could he go to Miami? Could he do this? Could he do that? I hope he retires. It seems like he's over physically. I think more importantly, he's been over it mentally. I told you back in week one and week two, I said something is not right. And it has come to fruition as Tampa Bay is six and eight. This is, of course, the most regular season losses that Tom Brady has ever had. Where Aaron was wrong in the preseason. This was my hot sports take for the NFL. I said Kansas City, the Chiefs, with Patrick Mahomes, I believe are going to miss the playoffs and potentially finish in last place in the AFC West. Woo! Well, as I record here, they are 11-3. and three. They have already won the division, and they are running away from everybody in that division, obviously competing with both Buffalo and Cincinnati for the number one seed in the playoffs yet again. Now, I will say in my defense, I don't think anybody could have perceived, or, or, or forgive me, they couldn't have expected the AFC West to be as bad as it is. Remember, coming in the season, we thought this was going to be one of the great divisions in the history of football. Well, turns out something ain't right with Russell Wilson in Denver. The Chargers, coached by Brandon Staley, I call him Coach Spreadsheet because I think he relies on those analytics way too much. They're a mess. The Raiders are a mess. So part of it is the division just isn't as good as I thought. But at the same time, I also can't dismiss the fact that they are 11-3, and as I said, and you look across the resume. They beat Tampa Bay. They beat San Francisco at San Francisco. They beat Tennessee when Tennessee was healthy. They beat the Chargers twice. They beat the Rams. They beat the Broncos. So the point I'm trying to make is I was dead wrong on the Chiefs. They are awesome. They are incredible. Listen, we'll see where the AFC championship goes through. If you got to go through Buffalo or if it again will go through KC. But I was dead wrong on this team. I thought they would be pretty good. Where Aaron was right. Let's wrap on a few college football notes. I said this was a crossroads season for Clemson. I said it would fall on the shoulders of DJ Uyla And I was dead right. This was just a team. Listen, and, and to be clear, this isn't one that I was the only, like there were a lot of people talking about this in the preseason, but at the same time, I don't think that it was discussed enough. The fact that everything that just went on this season at Clemson, right? By week one, literally the end of week one, Labor Day night against Georgia Tech, it is clear the best quarterback on that roster is Cade Klubnick, the backup. DJ continues to start. DJ continues to play. And I think it ultimately cost him a college football playoff berth. You can't tell me that Cade Klubnick, who went into the ACC championship game, destroyed North Carolina and is now the starter for next week's Orange Bowl. You can't sit here and tell me that he wasn't the better quarterback a week before when Clemson lost, costing them a playoff spot. We'll see what the future of Clemson is. Obviously, Dabo had that that surreal quote on signing day. He said, you know, we've always believed in NIL. We, we model our program after God's name, image, and likeness. 
Uh, I didn't think it was his finest moment. I don't think, I, I don't know if Dabo is built for the NIL transfer portal era. Fascinating times at Clemson, but I told you in the preseason, it was a crossroads moment. And I'll tell you this, North Carolina, they're going to have a superstar quarterback next year. Florida state is clearly on the rise. Miami. We'll see what happens under Mario Cristobal. I'd be a little bit worried about the future of that program. If I was a Clemson fan, finally, where Aaron was wrong. And this was an all time. I don't think I've ever misread the room quite like I did with Brent Venables in Oklahoma. Okay. I thought this was the perfect pairing at Oklahoma. You have a very good offense and a structure and infrastructure left by Lincoln Riley, a bunch of really good wide receivers, a bunch of good running backs, a good offensive line. You bring in Dylan Gabriel, you bring in Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator from Ole Miss. And yes, the offense will look different, but it will still be very good. But here's the secret. Here's the difference. Brent Venable is going to clean up that defense. I just one problem. The defense was absolutely terrible this season for the Oklahoma Sooners. Remember, in the preseason, I said I thought Oklahoma would make the national, not only make the playoff, they would win a playoff game and make the national title because I believe the defense would be improved. I just one problem. They finished 120th out of 131 teams in total offense. And then in terms of points allowed 100th, allowing 30 points per game. They finish the regular season six and six overall. They lose to K-State. They lose by 31 to TCU. They lose 49 to nothing to Texas and finish one and three down the stretch with losses to Baylor, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. I got to own it. I was dead wrong. Now we'll see what happens with the future of Oklahoma. Really good recruiting class signed by Brent Venables. They appear to have their quarterback of the future. A lot of really good pieces on defense. But Brent Venables has to get that thing cleaned up in a hurry, or that guy could very much be on the hot seat. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Air Tour Sports Podcast. Before we get out of here, make sure you're subscribed to the Air Tour Sports Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Hop on Apple, hit a quick five stars. Really does help us grow. Make sure you're subscribed on the YouTube channel, over 17,000. We're closing in on 18,000 subscribers on YouTube. Very much appreciate your support. And also, make sure you're following all those social media accounts at Torres on the Hogs, Torres on the Vols, Torres on UK, Torres on UConn, Torres on Arizona, on and on and on and on. That is all for today's show. It is time for me to go and let me say this. I hope everyone has had a happy Hanukkah so far. And I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas going forward. That is all for today's show. I will be back next week, probably Tuesday. Won't be doing a Monday show. Won't be recording Christmas night. But I'll be back on Tuesday to discuss a lot more. That's all for today's show. Shout out to Torker. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F-head. Unblock me, bro. I'll be back on Tuesday. We'll, re we'll start looking ahead to the college football playoff. That is the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.